message and it comes from the heart believe in yourself that's the place to start I'm gonna get by when I'm gonna get rough I'm gonna love life till I'm done growing up and when I'm going down I'm gonna go down swinging my heart still smiling and my heart still singing hey 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 everyone uh this is it, it's it's black famous we're back oh my god we're back um, this has been a really interesting past couple of months. Um, the last time I recorded, I believe was June or July of last year. And, uh, it was a happier time. It was a simpler time. Um, the antichrist has happened. <laughs> uh, the unspeakable has happened. Uh, Donald Trump is now our president, which is terrible. Um, and everything is pretty much a hot garbage fire. <laughs> um, I'm here with my erstwhile roommate slash best friend slash uh, resident uh, crazy person, Miss Tana. Hello, Tana. Hi. Good to be back. Uh, very great to have you back. And I thought it was very fitting that you be the first person uh, that I have back on, uh, seeing as that you started it with me last year. And because I'm the best. I mean, sure. That too. Um, <laughs> if we're talking facts, I mean, real true facts. Um, are, are, are these alternative facts? No, they're not. Are, no, are we sure? None of them. I work for the media. It's fine. I mean, the media. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this is not going to be a traditional episode. We're not going to be talking about a, a particular song um, on this episode, but we're gonna. We're going to just touch base on a couple of things uh, before I start back onto a regular uh, recording schedule. Um, just that I, I felt that I couldn't just jump back into the podcast with just, you know, just acting like things were the same. Um, I wanted to, to get some things off of my chest. Uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to talk it out. I think that I think that's what this episode is. It's just going to be talking it out. Um, and what really uh, inspired me to really get off my ass and do this again. Uh, actually I have, I have the show Arthur (laughs) to blame for this. Now, Tana, are you familiar with the show Arthur? I am familiar only in that I knew that it was on TV. I was, I, I had aged out a little bit. I don't know if it just wasn't on when I was super young or if it, if I just like wasn't somehow paying attention because I was really too hooked on Power Rangers, um, but <laughs> I mean, it would like I remember it? my brother watching it um, and having that option. Yes. Uh, so when I was watching Arthur, um, I was in I was in grammar school, and I think honestly I might have even watched it like my freshman year of high school. It's been like it's been on when I looked it up. It is now in its 20th or 21st season. It is like the longest running animated show on like public television. Yes, I was totally too busy with Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, So I remember seeing, uh, because I I think Power Rangers, I only watched like the first two seasons. And then when everyone started leaving, I was just like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, And then I like uh, got on to, there was another show that I would watch with my niece called Dragon Tales, which was really great. Um, But that's another, that's another Another for another time. Exactly. Um, ha, tail, because <laughs> dragon tails. It's old as time, too. Uh, oh, oh, okay, let's not. <laughs> let's not even get into all that. Uh, but yeah, I just, I really loved, uh, I really loved the show. It's really sweet. Uh, it's based upon a, uh, a book series. I think the author's name is Mark Brown. 
Um, and he's from, I believe, the Erie, Pennsylvania area. And the books uh, were published in like in the 70s, like the mid to late 70s. And um, initially, I think the show started in 1994 and he was really hesitant to uh, bring his books to the TV medium. I don't think he had a lot of esteem for television. And I, I mean, it's when a book is like your baby, you, you're scared of what other people oh, will do 1, to it. 1,000%. Uh, but... Uh, I believe WGBH, uh, the public television station in Boston of uh, Julia Child fame, that's mm-hmm. who aired yeah. uh, Julia Child, uh, they put on the show. Uh, it's a Canadian-American production because I know the production mm. company that, uh, I, I forget what the American company was, but I know the Canadian company was called Sinar and it's called Cookie Jar Productions now. Uh, so oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't know until recently either that it wasn't just a mainly American. Well, it's uh, kind production. of got a Canadian vibe. Like it has that. It has the the color scheme, like that strangely retro color scheme, which speaks to the '70s thing. But it's also in my mind, for some reason, very Canadian. Because are you thinking of like Degrassi? Yes. Okay, I'm so <laughs> glad that I'm not crazy. I was like, uh, like there's Degrassi? just there's something that's like simple and community based about at least those two shows i can't speak for the rest honestly of simple and community based i feel like that's like the best way to describe yeah. it because i'm thinking like i wasn't even thinking like uh degrassi junior high i was thinking like degrassi high oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like and that the simple and community based yeah. completely meshed in my mind uh with that so yeah i would watch it after school and there was just something really uh it, it's very witty it's very sweet, but not in a saccharine way, just in a really genuine way. And it really emphasis, emphasizes friendship and communication. And uh, in later episodes, they would talk about like bullying and um, uh, Asperger's, like just addressing these topics in a really engaging way for kids and then also like an older kid or an adult could appreciate it they went from like bullying to Asperger's it's 21 seasons so they have a lot to like it's not like season season two the spectrum or something like there's a lot of things in children's lives that they have to discuss and that's totally fair I was just like that's wow I don't I don't know that Franklin ever touched on Asperger's. <laughs> oh my God! My Franklin. brother watched Franklin all the time. Come on over to your house. Hey, it's Franklin. My mom has a really good rendition of that, like a lounge singer version. It's oh dear. Uh, anyway, that was also a show I watched when I was a kid. Um, so yes, Arthur, pretty great. So last summer. Um, if you're not familiar with the phenomena that is black Twitter, oh, uh, it is a force to be reckoned yes. with. It just makes me so happy that just just black Twitter even exists just to <laughs> comment, like just to just to offer commentary and ridiculousness to one's everyday life. It's just it's really great. Like black people in general just have a way of just turning things into uniquely their own and just getting either just joy or just ratchet silliness out of it. <laughs> or, I mean, it, it, it has its downside, too. Uh, but for the most part, it's really just just so on it, humor-wise. Um, so there is a, uh, a picture of, uh, I forget which episode of Arthur it is. It's like 
Arthur's big job or something like that. There is a picture that someone like kind of screen grabbed from that episode and it's of Arthur's clenched fist. So, okay. So Arthur, if you've never seen this character, at least the cartoon version of him, because the uh, book version of him wears different clothing. So he wears primarily a yellow, like a sort of like canary yellow sweater and blue jeans. He's an aardvark. He has glasses, but he doesn't have a traditional aardvark nose. He has a very simple, rounded face. So the screen grab is just of his fist. And I I don't think I've ever noticed his hands before. Right. But in such a simple gesture, yes. so many things can be gleaned from this picture. Um, apparently, Black Twitter thought so. Um, so... Uh, Various people took it upon themselves to make memes of this. Really, really ridiculous ones. And then it grew from just being a picture of his clenched fist um, to other screen grabs from Arthur and just laying different areas of pop culture over it. And um, when I post this episode, I will post a couple of links to articles discussing this Um I, for example, over his clenched fist, uh, someone talking as would a, block, a black mom would to her child, fix that attitude before I fix it for you. And the before picture is the clenched fist, and then the after picture is relaxed. Um, one that's like from the cartoon in general, and not just that, <clears throat> there is a split screen picture of Francine, his cl- classmates, Francine and Muffy, there is a character on the show who's named Buster. Someone took a Kanye lyric and laid it under the picture of Francine and Muffy talking to each other on the phone. From what I heard, she got a baby by Buster. And I remember seeing I remember seeing that one to be like, ew, Buster's nasty. Also, Buster is not nasty. He's a rabbit. He's a, he's, a rabbit. Rabbit. he's a very nice young rabbit who has a propensity for junk food. Like... You can be a freak and like junk food too. I mean, I I can't argue with I mean, that. Like, freaks, I feel like probably incorporate the junk food <laughs> at some point, in some manner. Freaks are creative people. It's true. Um, so yeah, I just remember seeing this over the summer, and Tana and I were just kind of lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's just funny at any time when. Um, yes. children's things are appropriated for adult yes. use Although, in a comedic you know, way. That guy, the creator, is like disappointed that people were taking the meme and making it into something adult. I thought it was more the television station. I didn't think that I he... I think it was also him. him. Or Yeah, because I definitely... There was definitely a PR statement. They're like, we would just hope they would keep it kid-friendly and appropriate, apparently, is how... The PR statement took a strange, like, northeasternly accent. Like a... Little Women accent. Oh dear. Um, but the but I think the creator also said just something quick, and but my favorite spin on that though is like you know parents and kids and like little kids like we just hope you were better than this. <laughs> I mean, like, sorry, the internet is not better. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry, dude, but like you once you as an artist once you let yeah. things out into the world. They don't entirely belong to you anymore. They do and they don't. Right. But that's the point of art. Yeah. Or one would one could argue, one would argue, I would argue that that's the point of art, right? Exactly. Like you, you make it for yourself, sure. But if you're displaying it, you're making it for other people. Yeah. I mean, 
And there's definitely ones that are very, very, very explicit, which I will not go into right now. Y'all are adults. Y'all can look it up on your own. But I mean, all these memes range from the really hilarious to the really ribald and then to just nasty. Um, I think when you're getting into the too nasty territory, you're taking away that joyful, fun element of it, and you're doing what adults do, uh, also what adults do. You're over-sexualizing a thing that was meant for children, and that, like, makes me uncomfortable. Like, right. when you're getting into the too nasty territory, it's like, oh, But, like, right. what's that line? I could find a few. <laughs> I've seen I a mean, few. I'm just saying, like, in, in general, or in, like, philosophically... What is the line between regular nasty and too nasty? When it, I don't know. I've just always been that. It, it, it's the same way that people will say, and I don't know if um, the Teletubbies were meant to be like, were they assigned a sex? Like, I don't know what that like. Right. Are and, you talking about when tel- Tinky Winky was gay? Yeah. And and Jerry Falwell is also insane. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, but it's a. Uh, I'm like, unless the people who put out the show intended to be right. gender neutral, that's right. a thing. Right. But why are you assigning anything right. onto the why? Right. That's that's that goes back to that whole argument about like if kids dress up as something super weird and people are like, You're sexualizing her and blah yeah. blah I don't don't I don't please don't make any judgments as to why I went into a southern accent just then, but because uh, uh, we were talking about we were saying we were talking about Jerry Falwell. So. Oh, I mm, sure. Um, but the other part, right? So there's the one argument that like people are over sexualizing over sexualizing something, and the other argument that it's like you're projecting that you're projecting all of those insecurities that you have and all those weird fears that you right. have, and maybe your own potentially latent desires you creep. Right. Um, like depending right. on what we're talking about here, right? But it's like, it's it's the jarring image of seeing something that was associated yeah, okay. with my childhood and associated with other people's childhoods, yeah. and then you're talking about like dicks. True, that's fair. So it's just like a very like I or that very I'm not gonna say it, and you're right. People are adults can Google that very last one on this page if it's what I remember it is. Uh, we're um, gonna take a a quick scroll down. It's a long quick. It's not even that long. You won't know what it is. I can't sing. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, oh no, it's not. Oh no, I think I think that you was a. Know yeah, what I'm I know exactly about. what okay. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that one made me laugh. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> also, okay. So many people who I've talked about this with before we get into like further things. Mm-hmm have asked me if they think that. I was like, so Arthur's like, Arthur's brown, right? He's brown. And I was just like, you know, I don't know. Because there was an episode, and I should have looked this up. There was an episode that was talking about, like, holidays. Mm-hmm. and Please they tell did... me that Arthur's family celebrated Kwanzaa. No, the Brains family. Oh, yes. Yes. They, okay. So they, the Brains celebrated Kwanzaa. Um, I think Francine celebrated Hanukkah. Okay. And then there's a couple of others that I don't remember that they were signing religions to. Mm-hmm. I think, or religious like holiday or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think Arthur's was just Christmas. Mm-hmm. But like many people celebrate Christmas. I mean, Buster, it's possible, celebrates white Anglo-Saxon winter privilege night. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> or winter solstice, <laughs> not associated <laughs> with the white Anglo-Saxon. 
<laughs> privileged night, not the same. To all my pagans out there, we know that's not the same. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I'm not sure. And I don't know if it's because of these Arthur memes that people are like associating. That they're racializing Arthur. They're racializing Arthur. And I'm just like, I don't I mean, know. You could, you could basically... <sighs> How do I? You could racialize anybody in the show however you wanted to. It's yeah. a little more difficult, I think, with Kwanzaa because Kwanzaa is a predominantly African American. Yes. Like I can't see a white family. If there is one, this isn't like no shade either. But like I just you I've never met any. a white family who'd be like, yeah, Kwanzaa is a thing I celebrate. Yeah. Because that wasn't a thing that we grew up with. Right. And most people don't know about it. Like most white people don't know about it, et cetera, et cetera. The rest of it. Right. Um, so. But still, like, any of the other ones you can assign anywhere else. Exactly. So, moving on to... Uh, I mean, if you need to. He's an aardvark. He's a bunny. Why do we have to have races for species? That's what I'm saying. They're already animals. Right. Like, right. Like so the, why are those... And why are those animals associated with people? Because now you're doing weird shit to people. Well, also, okay, they wear pants and they go to school. Look, so. look, <laughs> there's like... We don't know what their inner lives are like. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, so um, I'm pretty sure you guys all know who Chance the Rapper is. He's yes. great. God, if you don't. If you don't, please what are you doing? just get with it because yes. he's great. Um, he did a like a cover version of the Arthur theme song, which was like one of the most amazingly amazing things ever. Uh, so the uh, yesterday... And I'm not sure when this video was released I or saw happened. It yesterday. I Do you saw it, saw it came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, so it came out yesterday. And it's Chance, Stephen Colbert, John Batiste, and uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Marley. Marley. Ziggy Marley, who originally did the theme song for Arthur. So they're all in this one adorable little video. Uh, so we're going to set up the video. So Stephen Colbert is in his office doing his thing. Um, Jean Petit comes by his door and they start talking about Arthur randomly. And Stephen Colbert is like, Oh, I used to watch this show with my kids. And John goes, I used to watch this when I was a kid. And then he's just like, my Favorite work thing to do. <laughs> and he's just like, Fuck out of here, you young person. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just like, Oh man, I wish, you know, I could be animated in Arthur. Setting Which is a thing Stephen Colbert would wish. Totally. Um, setting up this very adorable dream sequence in which he takes a nap at his desk and is magically just transported into the world of Arthur. But everything around him is a, is a cartoon. It's animated-like yeah. um, in terms of the color and the style. And Stephen Colbert is... All of the humans are humans in the video. Yes. Um, and it's like they're like kind of in like in front of a green screen, like walking through the neighborhood of yeah. Arthur. And um, John Batiste is he's playing a fucking melodica, which is great. He's playing a melodica. Ziggy Marley standing next to him, grinning, just happy as all can be. Do you expect anything other? I from Ziggy Marley. I do not. I just he looks the same on his coconut oil. <sighs> He's looked the same for about 30 years. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the man has an age. So they start singing and they're singing the theme song. And Stephen Colbert is just jauntily <laughs> skipping and just happy as can be. And um, there is a, a little joke in the, the beginning of the song where um, before the actual show, Arthur, where 
Arthur is trying to take a picture of his family and each time he's like, they're like, come on, hurry up. And you could see with each, like each oh, like right. scene, they're getting a little bit more and more impatient. <laughs> so that's at the end of <laughs> they're at the beach and then the family ends up taking, they all take out their cameras and take a picture of him instead. And he's just like, oh man. <laughs> so the little camera that Arthur is using there's a little cardboard cutout animated thing of Stephen Colbert using the same camera. So and he's, cute. he's joyfully taking pictures of everything in his neighborhood. And it's, the, it's so cute. But then the piece de resistance is chance. It's chance. Uh, and he comes sorry, out and it's a really tortured little yelp. Uh, but it's, it's just so cute. And he's wearing a freaking like Ralph Lauren teddy bear sweater. Uh, with his little ball cap, and he's just like, oh, hey, I'm yep. going to just drop this verse. Yep. And I'm just going to look adorable so and adorable. young and youthful. Like, he just has, he's got such a little boy face. Yeah, just like of hope just and like, wonder. Right. And his, there's something about his eyes. He has, they're like deep and they have, they just. They Unabashed like, joy. Yeah, yes. Thank you. That's what I, that's what I needed. But I felt weird saying it. Just like yeah. unabashed And his joy. smile is easy. Yeah. Like you, he's, it pops up kind of a little bit while he's singing, kind of like he knows that there's a little bit of a joke and he goes into a strange accent. Yeah. Right it's like a point. slight, it's a light. Yes. It's like a light Caribbean. Lift. Yeah. But it's yeah. not like weird. No. <laughs> and it totally fits. And it fits. When he gets to the first part of that, uh, like he's got a little smile. Like he knows he's being cute. Ugh. It's just, it's, it's such a sweet song. And it's so jubilant and it's so happy. And I, this weekend's been super hard for a lot of people. I mean, emotionally me, yes, but you know, there are people who've been through some real shit this weekend. Yeah. Um, it's just been a really terrible time. So to witness all of that happening and uh, to witness like friends who have family members that they're worried about, that they have professors that haven't been able to come home yet. Like it's it's been a really trying time. So to, to, it's very easy to get really overloaded with all of that. Um, and to watch that was just like, just, I watched it at least three times before I yeah. went to sleep. Because I was just like, this is just so lovely. Yeah. It's, lo- it's, like, it's lovely to see someone have the hope that I don't have right now. Right. <laughs> well, it's kind of like you have, um, like, Stephen Colbert is kind of in some ways like dad of the nation. Yeah. Right? He's like the goofy, I'm going to tell weird jokes and I'm going to embarrass you in front of all of your friends, but you're going to think I'm the best dad of the nation, right? And then you have Ziggy Marley, who's also a dad, and it's just, he's got a very dad gravitas to him. Yes. And then you have Chance, who's really super excited about being a dad and, like, super into that. And, like, making this song kind of for their own, like, kid purposes. Like, I yeah. feel like Stephen Colbert's was kind of like, okay, as dad of the nation, I'm going to make you something that will make you feel better. Yeah. And Chance was maybe, pretend- I'm super extrapolating here, <laughs> but, and, like, like, Chance is like, hey, I'm just going to make my daughter feel better. And Ziggy's just like, I'm just making the song because I'm happy and I'm Ziggy Marley. <laughs> I'm Ziggy Marley. <laughs> and I and can we can all that. use a little more love and joy. Um, and I think I got super meta, but that's how I kind of feel about it. No, I, there's just something so great about it. And like, it just, why now, right? Like, yeah. Why would they drop it? And, I, and I, that's that's why I feel that way about because it. Because it's, it's, it's perfect. It's what we need right yeah, now. We needed a musical hug. 
from four of our favorite people. Yeah, and just like something is like just with a lot of beautiful levity to it. Yeah. Um whimsy. Yeah. Like and my heart is still singing. Like yeah. I just like every part of that is just like I'm fighting. I'm still keeping right. the faith. It's going to get hard and it's going to get rough. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have fun until I'm grown up. Yeah. Like Yes. Be there is no fun in this life, guys. <laughs> like as an adult, I am quickly finding there is not a lot of fun to be had. So when you could grab it and genuinely share it with people, yeah. and when you could actually bring joy to people's life instead of being a freaking waste of space oh, no. and being shitty to everybody, it's been a whole struggle. Yeah, it's just like when you can do that, man. That's a really beautiful, wonderful thing. And it was just really lovely to see that and to hear that yeah. and to hear that. It was, it, we need, as much as we need the rough, we need the tender too. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really, really appropriate and really great. Um, and it, it, it just kind of made me laugh to where, you know, I always joke around and just like, teenagers are stupid and kids are crazy and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like in that simplicity of that, is where you're like where we're finding that really really nice middle ground of like actual like sanity. <laughs> so is which is why I love a lot of like really good children's television and really good children's yeah. literature because it really just keeps on going. It's very cyclical. It doesn't really end. The, the learning doesn't end, the fun doesn't end. You can still appreciate these things on so many different levels mm-hmm. um you know what really fun YA novel I love oh yes the what Hunger Games uh Hunger Games is great <laughs> and I don't want to live in it <laughs> no that was the whole point of like yep. I was being very uh, sarcastic uh, it's just, it feels uh, I don't want to volunteer as tribute mm-hmm. I have really whingy arms I mean okay wait so which is worse right which is worse the volunteering as tribute or that alternate planet on in a wrinkle in time where they go to and everybody's oh. like living that same thing because they all have to stay in pace with that metronome oh, type God. clicking and the it or central which would you <sighs> rather deal with oh man that's really difficult because like they're basically both about very similar types of government yeah I mean, it's better to keep moving, like, uh, I think it's just one of the things where it's, yeah, it's just better to keep moving and it's better to keep fighting instead of being in that stasis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. To, yeah. to, you know, because I mean, like, it's like in the Matrix, it, ignorance is bliss, sure. <sighs> yes, I'm bringing up the Matrix. It's literally all the same thing. <laughs> it's literally all the same thing, just, just discussed even, in different mediums. Not even what I was saying, <laughs> but I'm glad you know me. <laughs> so well <laughs> i fucking hate the matrix <laughs> all right go ahead uh, sorry <laughs> it's literally all the same the, thing. i wasn't saying it that i was saying it something about it oh dear uh, anyway uh yeah into which like do you want to stay in this one mm-hmm. place or do you want to be uncomfortable right. but have change right all right or at least like feel like you did something right yeah uh so yeah, like and like I said again, I don't want to have to live in that. Um, right. And I think this is also going to what many people have discussed too, with uh, wh- how can your activism, like what shape can your activism take? Um, 
I I read um, John Lewis's uh, graphic novel March. Um, Representative it, John Lewis, right? Yes, from Atlanta. Okay. Yes, um, and these two. Oh, I can't remember the authors' names right now, but it's a three. Um, it's a three part um, graphic novel series thing about John Lewis's um, experiences during the civil rights movement. All of, like all of the marches, like just everything, and it's kind of um, it's really amazing, and it's very, 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 very hard to read, especially with everything that's going on right now. Um, and I think a lot of people forget what protest means, mm-hmm. and that protest is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be comfortable. Right. It's meant to take you out of your comfort zone and yeah. put you in a place where you, your body is serving a cause. And people get real tight about it. And uh, no, uh, unless you have actual things that, like, for example, we uh, went to the Women's March in DC um, a little while ago. Um, and two of my friends also came with us who are not good with crowds. Right. Who yeah. are very not good with crowds, but put themselves in an uncomfortable situation. Right. Because one, they were with other people that they trusted, but they put themselves in a way for a cause they believed in, for right. various things that related to the cause that they believed in. That's fucking brave. Yeah. Like, that's really, really fucking brave. As a person who personally does really not have a big problem with crowds, um, to do that is, like, very, like, oh, like, this is this is how serious it is for you. Right. But not everyone can do that. Right. There is different ways to do your activism. And as I was reading, rereading March right around um, election, uh, the, uh, the, the, the actual election day, you know, and you're reading about, you know, people getting their kneecaps bitten off and... Mm. And people getting their houses burned down. This was a thing that did not happen a very long time ago just yeah. because people wanted to vote. Right. Um, right. So, you know, yeah, these people are like blocking your sidewalk or like blocking or your, or your highway. And I'm just like, yeah, people got like beat the fuck up and like yeah. burned and blown up just so that people could like, you know, vote. So, anyway. <laughs> um, I also was looking and reading that. I was just like, I don't know if I could have been one of those people back then. Same. I don't know if I would have been able to take to the street. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. And, you know, I'm reflecting on my life. How can I be the best of service? How can I educate myself more? How can I help more? I'm like, I don't got a lot of money. I definitely donate to whatever I can when I can. Because honestly, one of the best things that you can do is... Give them your money. <laughs> give them your money. Yeah, you give me your money in time. Like money and time is the best. But I don't have a lot of those things. And I was rapidly putting myself in a place where I just wasn't feeling okay. And I feel like I could speak for both of us that this this has just been a very rough couple of months for us yeah. and our friends. So and for, you know, people that we know and the people that we respect and love, like It's just been a really difficult time. And even for people we don't know, it's been really terrible. So how can you, how can you be the best activist you could be, 
but it's still having those fears that you're not going to be enough because you can't do these other things these great people did. Um, I wonder if part of it is like, it's supporting those organizations, but it's supporting the activists in ways that you can too. Like if you have, if you have a lot of anxiety and you're just like, I can't, I can't get outside to this. This is, I just can't. And you're not really sure about like organizations, right? There are some people who are just like, you know, how do I know how it's spent and how do I know? And I think most organizations or many of them actually release little uh, papers on how they, or reports on how they spend their money. But you know, Google is hard. Um, <laughs> but in my, my my point in saying this is that activists are giving of their time, and activists are giving of their emotional, um, their like their emotional vault, and they're they are giving of themselves physically. And some activists don't necessarily again have the time or have that emotional stability or that physical strength, and it's. This is, like, I'm thinking this is an idea that I've heard from a few different people on podcasts. I feel like Another Round has mentioned this. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard Rembert mention this. Like, there there are people in, like, black journalists I've heard a lot say, you know, a form, like, one form of reparations. I think they were kidding, but also serious. Like, one form of reparations could be just, like, a fund for therapy for black and brown people because maybe we don't have jobs that have benefits that do that or like maybe we don't have time maybe our benefits are crap we just need therapy yeah i think it, it <laughs> help it's true no it's like a like a, just a collective need multi-level right. need right. to remedy trauma yeah oh for sure and generational <laughs> like, trauma is a thing yeah like, it's just like a trauma on a massive scale of just yes. like wait a second yes We've been completely thrown for a loop, and in you know a matter of days, right. people's lives are changed right. for like forever. Nine days. It has been nine days um, since inauguration. So it's yeah. So it's been a really big thing of just like, what exactly can I do? Yeah. And in addition to trying to read as much as I can, trying to put my money in the right place, like I think it was also helpful to me. I started, I actually started working out, which is very, it is arduous, it is an arduous thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was something that was needed uh, as a person who works on her feet uh, and works long hours, it's a thing, like you kind of have to be able to breathe and bend down without, you know, enormous amounts of pain and not having to limp, (laughs) limp on a regular basis, Um, so I've been concentrating, trying to concentrate a lot on self-care, too, um, just as working out. And also, I mean, honestly, recording this podcast, like, when, the, like, last year it was really, really fun to really get into all of this music. It was really good to, like, reconnect or connect with my friends or just reconnect with people I haven't connected in a while and just to get into that. And to use all those things that I was learning, you know, over the years of becoming a more intersectional feminist, applying to everything I knew to all these songs that, like, shaped the way I thought of myself as a woman and how I thought of the world, that was a big self-care issue for me. So when I heard this song, I was just like, this all, this has come out for a reason. This all makes sense. Like, I got to record an episode. Um, what have you been doing to self-care? Ooh, uh, 
I have been trying to run, but also trying to, um, well, and just to back up, I have a half marathon to train for in May, another one. And last year I ran one, but I'd been training a lot more. I'd been running a lot more and I just kind of stopped running over the summer. Um, and have been doing so sporadically just a few times a week, uh, but not anywhere near the distances I was running. So I'm trying to be better about doing that, but at the same time also just pay attention to when I don't have it at all. Um, and that's, as we've been talking about, that's been a thing for a few different reasons. I definitely trying to like watch both, make sure that I eat and watch what I eat because like, unfortunately I, I, my love cheese, I <laughs> love cheese so much, but like, it also makes me tired. Right. And so if I eat too much cheese as I'm wont to do when I am sad or it is winter or I am alive, then <laughs> I am tired a lot. And that's uh, difficult to deal with. Um, sunlight, painting, definitely painted a sweet painting a few weeks ago. Uh, you, your work has been <laughs> on point. It's been really great. And I really wish I had that as like, I, I don't have the concentration. I have the concentration of coloring. I've received a bunch of like really awesome coloring books. Um, we, like adult coloring books, I mean, that is that racket is great. <laughs> that yeah. is a great racket because it is great and really relaxing to color. When you could just kind of empty yourself into an art, like a task, an art artistic task, yeah. uh, it's it's just really lovely. I mean, I I am I do not have imagination. I will look up the picture to make sure I'm using the correct colors. Um, I just get a really big satisfaction of it looking the way it's quote unquote supposed, supposed to, to look. Yeah. Uh, Cooking too. I mean, I don't I don't do that nearly enough. But like last weekend, I made some sort. I made miso chicken. Mm. I made lemon ricotta pancakes, sautéed apples, <sighs> and an orange cake. Like I just cooked all Saturday and it or Sunday and it was magnificent. I was exhausted by the time I was done, but it just it was just nice to make something tasty and nourishing. Uh, and it was good to eat it because those pancakes were so good. Burrow snacks. Uh, it was really delicious. Um, so I think we're gonna come to this part of the podcast. Um, let's talk about what black music we're listening to since this podcast is called black famous um music that black people know and white people don't um i mean you're a white person who does know some of this music but you know what i mean um (laughs) let's like have a gander at what like black music we're listening to right now um um i have been last week i went through a really big (laughs) and Ben Harper phase and I say that kind of with a laugh because I wasn't a teen in the early 90s and like I just so I came across Ben Harper because of one of my best friends in high school used to make us mix CDs and on one of them I think it was the first or second one she gave me I think it was the first it was called the be happy mix because I had a very rough junior year and so she would make me these mixes to make me happy. And the first song on it was Ooh Child, but then, um, which I've been listening to a lot, but then like eight songs in was Ben Harper's cover of the Beatles' Strawberry Fields. And I used to turn it on the stereo at home and just kind of crank that up along with Ooh Child and like do whatever chores I needed to do when I was, when, before my mom got home from work. And it just, like, I love the arrangement of it. I love his voice. I love the 
modulate. Like, I just love that song so much. And I have such positive memories associated with it that I looked more at Ben Harper up in college. And um, Fight for Your Mind, (laughs) Fight for Your Mind came up because I think I may or may not have been thinking about burning things down, (laughs) mostly figuratively, you know, like with rage. Uh, I don't have any pyrotechnics (laughs) tendencies, but I wanted to hear that song and that brought me back to Fight for Your Mind. And so I listened to that so much, which is not like it's not to me any sort of protest anthem, even though I think it was I think he was it was the man. I think I know there's a story like he's in that that. mindset yeah I know there's a story behind this album and it's definitely like a sort of viva la resistencia to idea but it's like the early 90s so what quite were we resisting so much (laughs) right right like okay um college dudes just chill but then also (laughs) uh so off of his first album welcome to the cruel world I've been listening to I Rise which um is just beautiful like it's spare and it's quiet but it's also determined and it's beautiful uh so i've been listening to those two specifically um oh and then also thanks to genius i spent a portion of last week approximately 145 times i listened to i need a girl part two the mere fact that you even mentioned that, I'm just so well, mad at you. Um, and I guess sort of last, I have a thing about I have a thing about protest music. I was raised by a woman who like revered the songs that like they sang at Woodstock and against the Vietnam War and just that whole thing. So I grew up with a lot of those. But I also grew up with like every Mar- I think it was every Martin Luther King Jr. day in elementary school, we'd have an assembly and the chorus sang, We Shall Overcome. Oh, my. <laughs> and I didn't go to a predominantly black school. Like, it was just some progressive teachers right. in, a, in a school in St. Paul who were like, look, it- we're going to teach the kids good things about civil rights. Look, I'm pretty sure, like, <laughs> because none of that was happening in my Catholic school. Um The only reason I knew about, like, Lift Every Voice and Sing and We Shall Overcome is because of home things. Yes. (laughs) Like, watching these things on TV and then, like, my mom, my sister's reading things to me. Like, those are the only reasons. They did you a service. Well, in high school, so in high school, whoever did our music and dance programs um, and, like, the, I I don't know, somebody had a good ear towards diversity. And they, we... At assemblies, I don't think they did it at actual games, but at assemblies and pep rallies, they definitely sang Lift Every Voice and Sing and the the anthem, mm. which is like also not usually a thing that you... We had a lot of white and Mexican kids. Right. <laughs> just, but it and like, that was in a different state. That was in California. Like it just, But that's, pr- like, that's I was awesome, just, though. Interest, very interesting. Col- no, it's totally amazing, because otherwise I wouldn't have known what the hell any of that was. <laughs> right? But so, my again, my point then in saying that is I have I also turned to, like, in times where you need, like, strength for the resistance, um, I turn to songs from the civil rights era. Uh, I haven't been listening to a lot of We Shall Overcome because it really and truly feels too peaceful Mm -hmm. and like i need dmx i want to burn some shit down um but he doesn't have any protests so like Um, what am i supposed to do here uh but i'll listen to i've been listening to some stuff from that era 
and um oh my god the last uh it was sort of about dmx but not really um anyway oh kendrick oh kendrick Kendrick and Pac, right, when they came out, well, when Kendrick, no, they both were at the march, right before the march started, or right before the rally for the march started, a week ago or two weeks ago, they had, um, well, they played Kendrick, they played uh, All Right, like, I don't know, like 30 seconds of it, I'm pretty Yeah, like right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, and I think I heard Keep Your Head Up, Um, and there was one other, was there? I thought they played a Tupac song, Mm. and I feel like there was one other, and maybe it was a lady but I really can't I don't remember who it was it was a long day um, anyway so yeah Kendrick fills me with joy but also fight in many ways so, well the tone of that time too was of like you know civil rights yeah of yeah. like civil this like right it's going to be powerful but it's not going to be dangerous right well and it's not I mean we shall overcome is def- like I and this is I think because I had a children's book about the marches <laughs> um they like the picture I have in my head is the illustrated picture I believe from the book and it's like Dr. King and then various members I don't know if they were illustrating like Jesse Jackson and the people who stood directly to the side of MLK because mm-hmm. it was about him but like they're all holding hands and and like marching. Oh yeah, right? I think I had that book too. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't be surprised. I hope we had that same book. I feel like I feel like everyone's like first book, like my little first book about MLK. This is like it's probably that book. It's probably that book. The colors were so soft. Yeah, and it's and like, like they were like pencil. Yeah, yeah. And it's about like yay big. Is it hardcover? Oh, see, I think I thought mine was landscape. Like, and like long, but long, but long like that too. And mine was definitely a soft cover. Uh, um, but the but so it was. It's just like it's yeah. It's more peace. It's more calm and more. Just we're gonna stand here and we're doing this with grace, even though maybe you don't deserve it, but we're doing it like this. Right. And that's not that's that's not how I feel right now. But I also understand that to to want to express that publicly it and not think about maybe repercussions is a luxury. Right. Like, and I, I struggle with keeping it inside. I struggle with like keeping my face proper and talking to people and just not being a general asshole. But those are luxuries that I have because I'm quote unquote safe. Right. And so it's, I'm just trying to conduct myself with more grace, even though I'm fucking angry as hell. Yeah. Just rage. Angry as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and also, I don't need to cause problems for other people. True. That like, did. on a larger scale. It's not me that's going to suffer the repercussions. It's other people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have been conducting themselves in that way. And it's just like, okay, we got to think about this. For a right, second. right. We got to have some sort of strategy. Right. I want to burn down Boston like the Patriots fans do after the big wins. But <laughs> you're like, but I'm not. I, the media is going to be like this. These four black teenagers over here burned down Boston, and it's going to be a shit show, right? Um, <laughs> let me see. So the two people I can think of, uh, I've been listening to you lately. Um, so in the kitchen, we uh, where I work, we regularly listen to music, and. Um, I think the last playlist we had on was like some sort of like 90s happy awesome playlist or whatever and the song wild night came on (laughs) now wait (laughs) 
right. So wait, like John Cougar Mellencamp. John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> and yes, Michelle Nijajay Ocello. Um, it is a cover of Van Morrison song. Um, honestly, that part I didn't know until I was like in high school. I probably didn't like know maybe senior in high school or freshman in college. I did not realize that was a cover. I'm sure I'd heard them both and just didn't put two and two together. Um, so then I remember I was like, oh man, I really liked this song when I was a kid, and I was just like, you know what? I actually really liked Michelle Nagio Cello when I was a kid and growing up. Uh, she was like the first queer black singer, like. As in, like, a woman who was queer um, that I was kind of raised with. Um, she was just, she was very, like, there was no one really like her out there. She had a bald head. She was very dark-skinned. Or she is very dark-skinned. She is still alive. 2016 didn't take everybody. Um, very dark-skinned, bald head, like, very smoky powerful voice and i just remember seeing her uh, i saw it was the video uh from the album leviticus faggot and also i'd never seen that word on like an album like that before because i knew what it meant i knew it was bad not bad as in like being gay was bad as in like faggot is a slur that is not a word Right. that you use for anybody and that's a terrible word like it was like for me i think i even when i was a kid i was like it's like the n-word but for gay people like just oh oh my god so just to see her like use it that way was just very very jarring and very like oh i gotta take her seriously because <laughs> she's using this in a way that i've never really seen anyone like turn around a word before um and she has a song on the love and basketball soundtracks called fool of me which is one of the best songs literally ever um just just shades of sad just deep deep regrets and sadness and just a a life-worn wisdom that is in that song. Yeah. She is a very emotive voice. And then she'll do a little, like, she would speak some words in the song. And her voice is just, so, like, you could just hear the pain in her voice. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful song. And... So I kind of like have gone back and like listened to various songs in her um, in her catalog, and she's really great. Um, another person that I've been listening to is um, a woman named Rhiannon Giddens, mm. um, and she was in the group uh, Carolina Chocolate Drops. They're a group from North Carolina, and they um, their their whole thing is revisiting songs from the uh from the Appalachians like from all the mm-hmm. African Americans who were living in the mountains like mountain music um blues just like that old timey st- songs that you don't usually associate with the African American experience mm-hmm. um 
when I went to go see them, they did a show at BAM with the choreographer Twyla Tharp. And she choreographed a piece and they did the music for it. And it was awesome because Twyla Tharp is amazing and so tiny and an older woman who is just like, could probably dance circles around me and probably does. Um, And before and after the performance, um, like before they would go into their musical numbers, uh, Randon would talk about different aspects of of the music that they were playing. And I remember she was like, oh, well, banjos were seen like as a low class black instrument. Mm-hmm. And if when when white people played them, it was just a, a, a dramatic showing of just no class, like just uh, which is something I never that's nothing I ever think of. Like banjos right. are just like it's country, just it's bluegrass, yeah. it's Zydeco. Like I like I've never really I, I never knew that. But I and I don't know if I I don't know if I knew that like specifically like that but that fact sounds familiar because i remember learning that i well that banjos and black music went hand in hand Mm -hmm. and that was like because of that time then therefore they were off limits to Mm -hmm. whites Mm -hmm. and i like and that was a predominant difference i think we learned in music. I'm just talking on my ass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was Go like, ahead. I saw the thought. You're like, I'm like, right here. I'm right there, but like, I'm not quite there. Not quite there. Yeah. That's yeah, all right. Um, it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, her, she's got like, just very like, high, clear, strong voice. Mm-hmm. And that lady knows her way around a banjo. And I'm all about well-placed banjos. Yeah. There's just something Essential. There's just something that's really, really like mm-hmm. beautiful and warm. And it sets a tone. Yeah. There are certain instruments sure. that when people play them, it sets a tone and a feeling. And that's what it does. Um, also, the triangles do that. Ah, they do. <laughs> they do. More frivolously so. Um, <laughs> But I, 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 she came out with a, um, a like kind of covers album, like an like a solo album, um, and she covers some Patsy Cline on there, and I really, really love. Ever since oh, I was a kid, I amazing. love, love, love Patsy Cline, and I've been kind of bouncing back between her solo album and her work with the Carolina Chocolate Drops, and it's just, it's really. I try not to be a person that shuts herself off from music because of what people think I'm supposed to like. Mm -hmm. And I think very often black people forget that country music is ours too. (laughs) Like country music today, I mean, with any genre of today, it's very poppy and very... It's very one note. Like it's every song yeah. is about like a tractor or like a red solo cup or, or girls in those blue jeans and those white t-shirts. Yeah, and we're like we're sitting in the moonlight on the bed of my truck. <sighs> like we're seventeen. Can you just grow up? Yeah, it's like with the country music that I was introduced to as a child is very different. You know, there was Graham Parsons and uh, Patsy Cline and Dolly Parton. Like. I always like to say about Caribbean people, we will love any song as long as you sound really good and you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what a lot of, of that genre of music does. It tells a story. Yeah. You are learning something. So to have this sort of, like, I, it wasn't music that I ever really, like, African-American bluegrass, like, none of that I really visited on my own. Yeah. And it was really great. It's really great to have artists like her and bands like Carolina Chocolate Drops around to bring you out of your usual routine of music, to show you that there are different types of music. And yes, these sorts of music can be good. When you're attacking things the right way, like there's some people who know their way around a song or know their way around a genre, it can be your key yeah. to it. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, especially when a lot of that particular music, a lot of country music, is very, very not friendly right. to other people. Right. Toby <laughs> Keith, we're looking at you. Yeah, Toby Keith, we're looking at you. Ugh. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just very like, no, the, the, you, you seem to forget country music. That's our shit too. Yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll, country music, we got that shit, all right? <laughs> yeah. That's um the Dixie Chicks. Like oh, when you're the speaking Dixie about country. Chicks. I love that. Yeah. I was listening to them a lot because they seem to harness my lady anger. They're they're great. They yeah. are great. They are great. <laughs> there yeah. is nothing wrong with them. They're literally great. I know. I don't know why I had to bring them up though, because we're not talking about like white lady bands right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they they're the white lady band that I, I really enjoy. They're great. <laughs> they're really awesome. And they pissed everybody off by teaming up with Beyonce. Oh for man, man, that was just the best when they performed at the CMAs and. People were really mad about it, and I was mad. I was overjoyed. Right, right. But you know what? That's okay. That's why I thought of the Dixie Chicks. It's because you said it then too that this music is for us and this music is ours too. And people were coming out the woodwork and coming out their faces like, "Oh, why are they bringing Beyonce? What does she even have? She didn't have anything. This is country music, blah blah." America, and it's like, do you you y'all don't read? You don't read. You don't pay attention to your history. Nope. Like you, where do you think this music comes from? It's like a can like look being of <sighs> like a brown, black, like a native person, immigrant, anything in this country is like to be continuously gaslit. Totally, <laughs> like just to be told like, oh, this is not a thing, and it's just like, but wait though, right? I'm telling but you, wait, I just, here. but I did it though. Like he right. did it over there, and did they? Okay. It's like a continuous just like, all right, sure. Right. And it's it's really it's really our job to just come to combat, combat this continuous gaslighting and just keep being our fabulous awesome selves. It's the good version of well actually. It's the good version of well actually. Cuz usually uh, that's a garbage fire. Oh, God. not usually. It's always a garbage fire. Actually, I would even con- no, I shouldn't say that. But just cuz like women power and well, actually, is such the provenance of men that I just want to be like, don't ever use it again, ever. And so, like, I feel like if a if any dude is being like, well, actually, that's grounds for being like, sir, can you please sit down? <laughs> but and so, like, you like the key verifiers, <coughs> the blue checks are black women. Yeah, they say it is so, so it shall be. Make it so right. Um, <laughs> oh man! Oh, we've hit the one hour mark! Yay! Whoa. All right. If you're still with us, 
Thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm. You know what? I feel like I say this about every single episode. I can't believe we talked about shit for this long. Blah, 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 for a whole, a whole hour. <laughs> we said a whole hour. There's a whole, there's a whole thing. It's the whole hour. Um, we've devoted to, to this business. Um, but thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I hope, I, I hope it recorded well. <laughs> I, I, this is the first time I've touched this microphone since last year. So I am hoping and praying that this is all recording well. I um, hope that when you replay it, it's just an hour of me warbling <laughs> a whole new world. I would just be so <laughs> furious. <laughs> furious. Yeah, but you're recording this on your backup, so I'm not too worried. But uh, there's an electromagnetic field and some imps in here. I'm convinced of uh, it. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm staying mad. Uh, but thank you guys uh, for listening. Um, hopefully we're going to have a really, really interesting season. Uh, the next episode, I'm determined for this to be the next episode, the uh, new edition biopic, like miniseries thing was just on BET. Um, and I was real excited about it. I've got it DVR'd and ready to go. Um, I have a lot of things to say about New Edition. <laughs> I do, because New Edition was great. <laughs> new Edition was so great. And uh, apparently the the it did really well. So great. Um, I'm really excited to um, watch it. When you please talk, when you talk about it, I really need you to touch on the Ralph Chesvan's green outfit. So sorry, not Ralph Tresvant. Just the green. There are two separate thoughts in my mind. I need you to talk about Ralph Tresvant. I need you also to talk the, about the green outfit. So referencing very quickly this green outfit. So they uh, the uh, the miniseries came out last week, and also New Edition got a star on the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. And everybody <laughs> is wearing like a suit affair of some kind. Oh my god, it was like, so jackets. Leather wasn't one of them. Leather. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this fashion, this this this, this ridiculousness of fashion for one moment because there was so much leather. Yes, there was leather hats. Yes, there were one to two rope chain, not rope chains, oh, but like blast. thin, like a, I saw mm-hmm. a one or two thin necklaces. Yes. Um, it was just a real showing. Here of, we go. Yes. It was. There was a fedora. There was a fedora. Oh, thank, thank, bless you for bringing up this photo. Also, is it's Bobby Brown's face got so fat. Uh-huh. Um, also, in the green affair, that's totally Michael Bivens. I'm just and just I just everyone is just so it's shiny. It's like an old fat farm outfit, but it's green. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Fat I should farm. <laughs> it's the first thing that rock aware. Wow. There. <laughs> oh my like, god! You but just like brought it all the way back. Track track suits. It looks <sighs> like a track suit, but it's like a camouflage green with a white t-shirt underneath. Everybody else has a jacket on. Yep. He and he, like maybe a Michael tie. Bivens was the street one. He had to be street. He stays okay. street. You got to keep it one hundred, sir. He's, I respect that. Yep, he's got to keep it one hundred. When it's a motorcycle, that's a motorcycle leather. Fuck that. That is not. That's green leather. That is avocado green leather. I don't know how you're expecting anything less. <laughs> Literally, I don't understand. Fair. It's a fair point. Um, so I just remember seeing that picture, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." <laughs> This is going to be good. I hope they gave them an ample fashion budget for all these <laughs> late 80s, 
like mid to late 80s, early 90s fashions. I hope they gave them all the money for this. So I'm super excited to talk about it. I'm super excited for you guys to hear about it. Uh, so yeah, that is the end of our episode. Thank you, Tana, Ooh, so much awesome. for, for helping me, me out I'm with really this. Upset that I didn't get to sing something. Um, you are not singing a darn thing. <laughs> um, so I mean, that's all for now, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Black Famous. All right, y'all have a good night. Bye.